The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. I want the second half of my life to be more radically about the glory of King Jesus than the first half. Coming up, gifted communicator and speaker, Lisa Harper shares her journey to becoming a much bolder believer. I want my child to go, my mama believes the Bible. My mama talks about Jesus out loud in our house. Believing Jesus and learning to risk everything, next. so much for joining us. I'm Betty and this is James. Well, we're thrilled to have you join us. I, I want to say this to you and, and please get, just give me a moment to just relate to you. I, I don't think it's an accident that you're, you're looking right now at this program, Life Today. And I think the guest that is going to be sharing with you in a few moments, I think may help you clearly see what God desires to do in and through your life beginning with what he wants to do for you. Because you see, there are many challenges we all face. Sometimes, Betty, and we've been through challenging times, uh, we, we know what heartache feels like. But we also know what it feels like when somebody else cares enough to share their concern and their interest. So let's just get this really clear. Betty and I are here because God put a very legitimate concern in our heart for you and any person that faces challenges and feels like sometimes you're facing them alone. Well, you're not. And that's the reason we're here. Our guest, Lisa Harper, has just been so gifted of God. Now, she's not married, but she's got a little girl. <laughs> and it's quite a miracle. And, and you know, she had to deal with this issue of, yeah. like, I'm alone. And I'm, I'm getting a little older. And you know, how do we deal with it? And she faced a lot of challenges and she's written a lot of books that are really good. This one is, is, is just kind of really a fresh word right now, but it's very relevant. Believing Jesus and, and it, it's preceded, are you willing to risk everything? Mm. You know, we live in a very radical age and we got radical extremists on every hand. And it really seems to me that if I read the Bible correctly and this really deals with the book of Acts, these Christians were radical about what they believed. Mm -hmm. And they were filled, filled with a zeal and a, and a courage and a compassion and that was really indescribable because it was supernatural. That's right. But it's what God wants for us. Would you welcome the author of this book, Lisa Harper, to life today. Lisa, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Tell our viewers, tell our viewers about this woman that is not married, but you've got a little That's girl. That's right. I love that you started with that. I thought maybe I'll get some dates as a result. But, um, <laughs> you know, I really thought for years I could not um, be a mama. I had, it was uh, pretty broken in my 20s and 30s. It was real drawn to abusive men. God protected me from them and the good godly guys I dated, he protected them from me because I was <laughs> such a train wreck. And so I missed that biological window of being a mom and I thought, well, I can if I'm not married. 
be a mom. And I can still remember it was, I had turned 40, I went to a mission conference, and one of the breakout sessions was on adoption. And this woman talked about how there were 147 million, give or take a million or two, mm. kids who are orphans, many of them in for, uh, third world countries, who will die if somebody doesn't stand up for them. And they quoted from James, you know, that we're to take care of widows and orphans as Christ followers. And I thought, you know, there's no qualification there. And it'd be best if there was a dad Certainly. in the picture. We've talked about that a lot. But I thought for, for some of these kids in third world countries, if the option is death or a fluffy single woman in Nashville, Tennessee, I think <laughs> I'm the better option. And so I told just a few girls at church that I was praying about it. I said, I'm not sure what God's going to do. I didn't want to tell the whole church. I just told a few. And one of those girls asked me to coffee afterwards and she said, I don't think it's a good idea for you to be a mama. She said, um, you know, you've got that molestation in your background. And she said, I know you've been to counseling, but you could unwittingly transfer some of that on a kid. She said, I know you want to nurture kids, but um, why don't you give up the dream of motherhood and go to the Humane Society and adopt another dog because you're good with pets. And oh, I she wish, was an encourager. You she know, was, was a, yeah, strong gift of yeah, encouragement. Yeah. Um, I tell women, if a woman with a Vera Bradley Bible cover tells you she needs to give you a word, go with a friend. <laughs> but, um, but long story short, I wish I could have told you I was wise enough at 40 to say, you know, my Jesus might say wait, or he might say no, but he would never tell me I wasn't good enough no. to be a mama. And so it took a long time for me to trust the Lord. And, and I finally told some friends who worked with kids who didn't have a shot. I said, if there's a kid who doesn't have a shot at a mama and a daddy, you know, put me on that list. And uh, by the grace of God, I got the greatest little girl in the history of time, except for your grandchildren, um, from Haiti. Took two years, but it was a, a miracle. And, and describe her challenge. She, my little girl, has HIV. Her biological mama died of AIDS. Uh, they told me she probably wouldn't live when I started the adoption process. And uh, that's part of this book. I thought, you know, I'd grown really complacent in the prayers I was praying. Even though I'm a vocational Christian, whatever that is, we're all um, ministers of the new covenant. I mm -hmm. just have the grace to get paid when I talk about them. But I thought, I'm not praying huge prayers. I'm going to pray that God will heal my little girl. Absolutely. And uh, she I brought her home from Haiti 15 months ago, and she is now, her HIV is undetectable. It's still an issue. Sure. As a matter of fact, you know, Acts talks about loving more people more. You talked about them being compassionate. I never had the occasion to rub shoulders with men who are dying of AIDS. Never even really thought about that. But now once a month, I go with my baby to this specialty pharmacy, and I stand in line with men with Carposi sarcomas who are dying of AIDS, and usually Missy's the only little girl in there. Mm. And Missy will go up to these men. She doesn't understand. She, I don't know where she got the gift of being so outgoing because I'm so shy. But um, <laughs> she will go up to these men who are dying and she'll go, hello, sir. To some of them she loves to sing. She either sings your great name, El Shaddai, or shake your booty. She has a, a vast <laughs> repertoire. Um, so it's not always holy. But she will sing worship songs to Aww, these guys. Sweet. And I cannot tell you how many awesome conversations I've had about Jesus with men who are dying of AIDS because I'm a little more radical than I was when I was 30 and 40 and was a safe Christian. 
I think it's so beautiful what you told us about your little girl and what she's actually doing is exactly what I see in this book you're trying to inspire yeah. people to do. And yeah. that is to live with such a free flow of love mm -hmm. and holy boldness, not, right. not obnoxious actions, That's right. but a boldness which she's manifesting. And that really oh, has yeah. to be disarming to people. It may be shocking, it is. but it's also disarming and it's inspirational yeah. and it's helpful. And I think your book here, every, every chapter in it, I mean, the cost of discipleship, earth, wind, and celestial fire, yeah. checkered past can make incredible preachers. What's mine is yours, loving more people more, yeah. sinners who would be saints, a compassionate compulsion, the need to be re-gospeled. Yeah. Wow, kicking safe, comfortable Christianity to the curb is mm -hmm. the last chapter. And by the way, in a very radical age, when people are radical and extreme, I believe we need the kind of conversion that Saul of Tarsus experienced That's right. that could go right into the Philippian jail in stocks, That's right. beaten, and he's praising God. That's right. And God shook the foundation, threw the doors open, and the jailer, entrusted with keeping them in prison, sees they can walk out. Yeah takes his sword, and you got to be serious about suicide when you take yeah. a broad sword to kill yourself. I mean, you're desperate. That's right. But they didn't allow him. They said, do yourself no harm. We're here. We're not going anywhere. That's right. We're not going anywhere. That's right. We're free. We were free before you put us in the stocks. That jailer, that jailer that was afraid yeah, somebody would find out they got out, takes them down Main Street <laughs> to his house, and his whole house gets saved, and all of them are baptized. I love that he caused their wounds. You know, before he put them in the stocks, he caused their sure. wounds, supervised the beating. Then he ministered to the wounds and came to know Jesus. And powerful. But you know, that's radical. I don't... Sure. And, I, and, and Saul, and, uh, Saul and, and Paul and, and Silas were radical. That's, they and, were radical. And we need that Don't today. you think we, we live do. in an age and time when we're, we're going to see... We have a choice to make as Christians. I do. Are we going to draw back? Or are we going to go forward I and do. be brave my, and bold? Uh, and, my mama, my parents were divorced when I was little. Mama was Baptist, Daddy was Pentecostal, and the older I've gotten, I always said I'm Baptocostal. Um, <laughs> went to a Presbyterian seminary, got all confused, but I've said the older I've gotten, I need more spirit mm -hmm. because he said, I, you will have power from the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and you'll be my witnesses. You'll talk to people, you know, my Missy, the only way I could explain Santa to her, she didn't speak any English when she came here a year ago. So I thought, how am I going to explain to you this chunky guy in red velvet all over the place? I don't know how she's going to understand him. So I said, baby, Santa is, he's one of Jesus' friends here on earth. And Jesus just gets him to help with the birthday festivities. So he hands out presents. Because I thought to a five-year-old Haitian girl, she kind of understood that. Well, I got pictures taken with her, with Santa. And she, you know, she didn't cry or anything, but she was very wary sitting on this guy's lap. And of course, I spend way too much money because I'm this old mama. So I took her to a real professional, not the mall. This guy really looked, you know, he had the real beard and everything. I mean, not if you're a mall photographer, that's so cool. But it's my first time. I won't do it again anyway. The guy, you know, has the real beard and everything. She's sitting on his lap, but she's not smiling. She kind of has her her face back, she's looking at him, and he's trying to connect to get her to grin, and she will not talk to him. And finally she goes, do you know Jebus? <laughs> because, you know, 
to her. Santa's yeah. not a big deal. But if he was one of Jesus' friends, yeah. Yeah. That's it. it's a big That's deal. Cool. And I thought, my baby is ministering because, first of all, she doesn't know she's not supposed to. Yeah. She mm. knows Jesus is why she's alive. She knows wow. Jesus is who gave her medicine. Now, I'm sure we'll have prodigal seasons with her. But at this point in her life, I want my child to go, my mama believes the Bible. My mama talks about Jesus out loud in our house. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Acts 17 says they turned the world upside down. I don't want my little girl, God, to have rescued her from certain death in Haiti for her to have some complacent mama who goes to Bible studies and cross stitches. <laughs> I want to talk about Jesus mm -hmm. in the mall, whether it's with Santa or some guy who's single and needs to be somebody's baby daddy. That would be good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you are talking. You are talking about the New Testament Christian was so full of life you couldn't stop them. No. We seem to try to stir them and manipulate people to go out and witness. That's right. If you have it inside, which I detect you do, your little girl is seeing it. It's like it's contagious in a glorious way, and she's speaking. Don't you think? And isn't that what you're trying to say? Yeah. We as Christians need to become what the book of Acts says the That's New right. Testament Christian was. Isn't that the way it should be today? Absolutely. And I think we're coming into an age where it, it is not going to be nearly as easy to be a Christian in America. You know, I got in trouble not too long ago at a Christian women's conference because they said I said the name Jesus too often. And they said, you know, we've just found that a lot of women, they're, they're a little uncomfortable if you use the name Jesus. So if you'll just say God more than you say Jesus, that would probably go across better. <laughs> and I thought, you know, um, and I don't want to be unkind. I don't want to provoke for the sake of provocation. But I'm not ashamed of the name Jesus. Absolutely. Jesus is who walked up Golgotha Absolutely. and stretched out his arms and redeemed me. Mm -hmm. And I'm a sinner. I need my Jesus. <laughs> So I think we're coming into this day and age where people are talking about, hey, dial it back a notch. Let's just be safe. And I'm like, no, I want people to accuse me of, man, that woman loved people who were difficult to love. She was with these guys who, you know, most people in the church might turn their nose up at. Um, but she also said the name Jesus all the time. She prayed in Starbucks. You know, she did things that embarrassed us a little bit in public because she wouldn't pipe down about what Jesus had done for her. I, I want the second half of my life to be more radically about the glory of King Jesus than the first half And was. if it's in your heart, and that's what you're showing, that's what people are looking for. Right. They know the difference between that's real right. and fake. That's you right. Know? It's not, they know the difference between a relationship and religion. That's right. And that's what we need to show them now. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly I've right. I've actually that found is. people were, let's say, drawn to a legitimate zeal, not an obnoxious, yes. repulsive, yes. religious air, that's but right. a real legitimate concern and interest in individuals. And they can see that. People can tell if you care about them. One of the best things right. to say sometimes when you see someone, maybe you've never seen them before, just say, you know, I, I, I believe in prayer. I've seen God answer prayers and somehow I just wondered, is there any way I could pray for you? Mm -hmm. I've had people just suddenly mm -hmm. lower their head and begin to weep. Mm -hmm. That somebody even thought to ask, is there something I could do? That's right. Because I noticed and I cared enough to ask. I That's think right. it's amazing how that opens a door. Just a That's gesture right. of kindness. And, and doors are open all day long. I drive myself crazy when I pray for opportunities. There are opportunities all day, every day now in the airport because people see this, you know, old white woman with this darling, my baby's the most beautiful color brown you've ever seen. <laughs> and uh, people 
you know, sometimes people will be unkind, and that leads us to different uh, WWF moves on my part, but <laughs> most of the time people kind of look at us and they'll go, now, is she adopted? And I'll go, she is. It's amazing. Let me tell you what God did. Now, they mm -hmm. aren't asking sure. for our testimony, yeah. but they're curious about mm -hmm. how this little girl with braids, or if the issue of HIV comes up, mm -hmm. they're, they're curious about that. That's a relevant topic for them. And I just go, let me tell you what God did. And it may be somebody who doesn't even believe there is a God, but redemption is undeniable. So when they see where God has rescued someone from death to life, even if they aren't sure of God, they go, I can't deny the truth of that yeah, story. Absolutely. When people read the book, I think they see the living Jesus living through right now, individuals. You talk about being re-gospeling. We just have a yes, couple sir. of minutes, but what do you mean by re-gospeling? You say we need that. Matt Chandler is a pastor here right. in Texas. He's and been I heard life him, today several oh, he's Fabulous. I heard him use that term, and I thought that's about the best term I've heard recently. He said, even as Christ followers, we have to re-gospel ourselves on a regular occasion. You see it with Peter and with Paul in Acts. Both of them preached, you know, our faith is based on faith in Jesus Christ plus nothing. No circumcision, no kosher dietary laws. It's faith in Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. Both of them fell off the wagon, so to speak, and they had to be reminded of, you remember when sure. Paul jerked a knot in yeah, Pete's he tail. He rebuked him to his face. And he, he said, had to be reminded, to it's all about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I think as Christ followers, I think sometimes we get so caught up in the business of being Christians or seeing people as, as a project or that, you know, there's all these trappings for Christians and we've gotten so religious, sometimes we forget Jesus. So I've gotten to where now every morning I don't get out of bed without saying literally out loud the name Jesus in my room because I want to remind myself he's my hope today. He's my peace today. We had Ravi Zacharias recently mm. and someone asked Ravi, he said, you travel a lot. How, how do you handle being in a hotel room alone at night? Uh, he said, uh, uh, I'm never alone at night in a hotel room. I'm a Christian. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Let me tell you something about Dr. Zacharias. I followed him at the Cove. I know you've been there, the Billy Graham Training Center, and I was really intimidated because I thought, good night. I mean, you know, he's like Jesus Jr. I cannot believe I'm following <laughs> Ravi Zacharias. And I was in the green room and I was just thanking God. I was like, I can't believe I have this opportunity. I was really overwhelmed thanking God that he, he was just so gracious. And I'm spraying my hair. <laughs> And I thought, this place is so holy. I mean, it smells like pine trees in the green room. I had sprayed my hair with Glade. This is holy. That's what I always think of when I hear Dr. Zacharias. Get this book. Here it is. It's in the bookstores. You can get it online, Believing Jesus. And as a matter of fact, we will uh, gladly gladly send it to you. You know, Lisa, we're doing something that's a lot of fun. Uh, I showed you this little Christmas ornament when you first sat down and you just love it. You thought that's just the cutest thing. Yeah. And it is, but it's a testimony because when it's on it your is. tree, here way ahead of Christmas, we're talking about Christmas, because we want to give shoes and cleft palate surgery. Mm. Uh, we want to give miracles to children for Christmas mm -hmm. and we've got to do the fundraising for it, the gifts and expressing them now so we can actually deliver the gifts at that time. And I want you to, to just watch mm. and uh, See if God doesn't put a, a real holy book of acts, action, feeling in your heart that I want to do something led by the Spirit.
Watch closely. We've been privileged to have shoes go as gifts during the year to many of our mission outreaches. I have wanted to do this for so many years, from the very first year to the first village. It's really hurt me to watch the injuries that they have to their feet. But look, those are shoes in there. We can get them easily. They don't need to go barefoot. It's horrible. They get diseases in their feet. They already have enough to deal with without that. So this is an easy fix for them to get their feet protected. Let's do it. It's, it's great. Look at this. It's awesome. They're so happy. See your feet here. Oh, getting heavier. Many of them have never had shoes. They're so excited about getting them today. They were pushing and crowding in on us. You can help us to get shoes for these children. Good fit. Good fit for you guys. <laughs> that put a smile all the way down in your heart. Oh, it does. <laughs> you know, I, I remember so well our, our oldest daughter. She loved to wear her little black patent shoes. And I got such great joy. Every day she wanted to put on her little black patent shoes with her white little lace socks and wanted them so perfect, not a wrinkle in the, in the sock. And I know that brought such great joy to me to be able to do that for my child. But you know, we've been over there mm. and we put the shoes on the feet of these precious children like what you just saw. There's no greater joy, especially what we know we're doing is protecting their feet, their precious little feet that God created and He loves so much. And we have an opportunity to at least prevent some diseases from getting to them through putting shoes on their feet. And they, they like it, as you can see. It's just a gift they've never expected, but they really don't understand what it's going to do for them, James. Yeah, I don't think they, most of them even have an idea that we're actually giving them protection from some of the discomfort. I think a lot of the excitement that you were seeing in the little children there in the cute dancing is uh, somebody gave them a gift. Somebody gave them something they never had before. Somebody gave them attention. Bottom line, somebody gave them love. And, uh, you know, it's no exaggeration to uh, say that those missionaries plant their lives there on a divine mission, on a divine assignment. It's not comfortable. Uh, they don't have a lot of the comforts that we have when we're here. But they just ask, would you at least keep us here doing what we do? And don't, don't, don't just leave us here empty-handed. We're going to love the kids and hold them, but sometimes we need to help them. Sometimes we need to do something for them, not just feed them or clean water, but sometimes just a, a gift that would improve their health. And uh, it's going to make them really happy. So the missionaries have said, please do this. Uh, I think uh, Samaritan's Purse Christmas in a Shoebox is one of the most beautiful things. And uh, Betty and I have been close to Franklin and to the mission workers that even helped uh, see that vision of what they could do in a shoebox. So I think you want to share love, and this is one way we can do it, and uh, point them to Christ, and they see His love demonstrated, not just in word, but in deed. And then remember this, and Betty, I think this is, you know, you were talking about how happy they are. Mm -hmm. So many little children have facial issues and deformity and cleft palates. And we've got surgeons that will work with us and we can do these serious surgeries 
for an average of $500 each. And I ask our viewers, for Christmas, would you pray about giving two surgeries? Would you do that with a gift of $1,000? And then for, you know, $36, you can give 10 pairs of shoes or $144, you can give 40 pairs of shoes. Wouldn't that be great? I, I don't know at what level you can participate, but please do. Go to lifetoday.org and uh, just use your bank card like a check, or you can dial the phone number there and use your bank card like a check. You can even text if you want to. You can actually, that's the way a lot of people want to give. They just text mm -hmm. and put in the shoes and the number there that's a unique number and just make the gift. Father, I pray everyone watching will be moved by your spirit to express your love in Jesus' name. What a wonderful gift for Christmas. Shoes and smiles. We have some beautiful little gift ornaments. Christmas decorations to send you that will bless you. And we want to be a blessing to you as you bless others. Please now, go online, text, or call that number and make the gift God put on your heart. Thank you for doing it. Poverty is a killer. And because of it, children needlessly suffer, not only from a lack of food and clean water, but also from a lack of things we take for granted, such as a healthy smile or a simple pair of shoes. For most of these children, they've never owned a new pair of shoes. And while that may seem minor in the light of all their needs, walking with bare feet puts them at risk of life-threatening infections that could lead to crippling consequences, disease, and even death. By responding today, you can help life immediately secure and begin shipping Christmas shoes to 200,000 children around the world just in time for the holidays. Your gift of $36 will help provide 10 pairs of shoes. A gift of $72 will help provide 20 pair, and a gift of $144 will help provide 40 pairs of Christmas shoes for children in need. With your gift of any amount, be sure to request this beautifully crafted green antique shoe ornament, a treasure to place on your tree each holiday season. With your gift of $100 or more, you may also request a special boxed set of life's Christmas shoe ornaments from past years. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,000 or more to help provide over 275 pairs of shoes or two children with corrective cleft palate surgeries. And you may request our beautifully framed canvas prints of the Forest Chapel. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. I do want to remind you if you make that special gift, and I pray you will, of $100 or more, Pray you give smiles too. Wouldn't that be wonderful? We'll send you the uh, four and the one for this year. Any gift, we send you a little shoe. If you'd like to have Lisa's book, Believing Jesus, it's so easy to read. It's inspirational. It is in many ways like the book of Acts. It's the acts of God through available people. And if you'd like to have it, we'll be happy to send it to you. You just help us share some shoes and some smiles and uh, we'll send you this encouraging, inspirational word. Would all of you here join in saying thanks to Lisa for sharing with us? And bless that beautiful little girl. I hope she just keeps with us. Thank all of you so much. Thank you for watching. Thank you for your help. Visit the screen, stream.org, and pass it on. Bless you.
Moors, we are rock stacks. Anybody getting this with me? Tomorrow, Beth Moore encourages us all to be built together. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.